First Kings 3, verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he hath walked before thee in truth, and in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king Instead of David, my father, I am but a little child. Watch, I know not how to go out or come in. So my subject for you to consider today will just simply be entitled coming and going. If you'll have a good attitude, you can sit down. Okay, that will and will be able to know all the heathens. And uh, looks to me like I'm the only one standing. So... uh, (laughs) this is an amazing piece of scripture he is George Jones you know I'm a country kid so uh, uh, one you know they say when you go to heaven everybody gets a uh, a harp one translation calls it a guitar uh I think it might, you just might end up with a little country western in the New Jerusalem. If not, we're all going to be eating fajitas and, you know, carnitas and whatever. It's just, uh, uh, (laughs) I, um, this thing amazes me because he, he, he's trying to follow his dad. George Jones, who was an old country western guy, wrote a song years ago, and it goes like this. Who's going to fill their shoes? Who's going to stand that tall? Who's going to play at the Opry and the Wabash Cannonball? Who's going to give their heart and soul to get to me and you? Lord, I wonder who's going to fill their shoes. That's the way Solomon felt. He is following his amazing dad and he's he's overwhelmed watch in Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream which means he prayed this prayer while he was asleep so don't discount some of that stuff you had it wasn't just because you ate too much pizza Because when you think of it, all of your other senses are offline, but your spirit doesn't go to sleep. So God can deal with you sometimes. Uh, If if you program your mind and your spirit before you go to sleep, I promise you there will be times you'll wake up with the answer. You'll go to bed saying, what am I going to do? But if you'll program your heart, when you wake up, you'll know what to do. God dealt with you while you were asleep. I've had that happen to me on repeated occasions. And, and of course, if you're familiar with the story, he said, I, I'm not asking you for money. I'm not asking you to be famous. But would you please give me wisdom to be able to judge the people? And the Lord said, because you didn't ask me for money and you didn't ask me for fame, I'm going to give those to you and I'm going to give you wisdom. And... Uh, I don't, off the, I, it may be 22, um, uh, chapter 20. There's a, there, this is what it says somewhere in 1 Kings. It said, when they heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. So Solomon is known all over the world, but what he, what he had convinced, is it on the screen behind me? <laughs> That's Matthew. Matthew. You're amazing. (laughs) I have had hundreds of people follow me when I preach, but there's nobody like Matthew Cawthorn. He has got anointed fingers and an amazing mind. And I always know when I just pull some scripture flying by the seat of my pants, he'll have it here behind me for you. So uh, 
But, but look at it. it. He had convinced his world that the reason I am who I am is because of the name of the God that I serve. And uh, um, he, he, he's praying this prayer and, and this, the, the order of it, the syntax of it, it's very important. Watch, I, I would have thought it, it would have said, I, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to come in. I don't know how to go out. But that's not what he said. He said, I don't know how to go out and I don't know how to come in. And so you have to leave things before you come into something else. And uh, you've got to be willing to leave them. Um, I'm I'm dating myself with this story. It stuns me, really, because, you know, in my mind, I'm still 25. But uh, there's just way too much evidence to the contrary. And, uh, And so it stuns me when I tell stories and there's people out there going, Who's he talking about? My daughter, my oldest daughter one time, she said, Daddy, you need new stories. And I said, no, I don't. I just need a new audience. My, I got great stories. I just need people that have never heard my stories. And uh, I, 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 I've always enjoyed history and, and, and whatever. And the, uh, Richard Nixon always intrigued me. And... Uh, this is back in the 70s. 1972 was an election. If you've ever heard the term Watergate, and many of you, of course, weren't alive back then, but Richard Nixon was so paranoid that he had a guy working for him named Howard Hunt. And Howard Hunt was over a group of guys called the Plumbers. And they were... They were uh, pros at breaking in to buildings and putting phone taps and, and all. And so the, the, the Nixon administration was so paranoid that they broke into the Democratic National Headquarters at the Watergate Hotel and they bugged the phones. And they were successful until one of the bugs broke. So these guys had to go back in and fix one of these phone taps that they had, and that's when they were caught. And it was a huge scandal that, that ended up with Nixon having to resign. And until no, no president had ever done that, and they're, they're, Nixon was a political animal, and he, he really did a lot of amazing things. But uh, what, what stunned me was when they had the election, they broke in to, before the election, but when they had the election, Richard Nixon won the presidential election in a landslide. Um, George Washington is the only president that ever was voted in unanimously. As near as they could tell, not one person voted against George. Uh, Now that's probably gonna happen in this election. Um, (laughs) Not, uh, but... uh, it just stunned me that Nixon was so paranoid and he had it in the bag. And, and to this day, it is the largest margin of victory besides George Washington that any president has ever had. And so Nixon went into the White House in his second term in a landslide victory. But he, he almost left with striped sunshine, which is when you're looking out behind the bars. And if it wasn't for a Michigan guy named Gerald Ford who uh, pardoned him, who knows what happened with Nixon. He knew how to come in, but he sure didn't know how to go out. And, and I, I wanna talk to you for a few moments on just the value of being, a, 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 to be able to come to church. Just, just the privilege to come to church. When, when, when Israel, when you, when you study, uh, what is it? It's Acts, off the top of my head, it's probably Acts 7. When, uh, when Stephen was giving his amazing message, 
Stephen called Israel the church in the wilderness. That's a big deal. He, and so when you read, it's probably Corinthians 10 and 11, all these things happened unto them for examples unto us. And they are written for our admonition, not theirs, for our. So everything that happened to Israel in the Old Testament was for you and me. There's a scripture in Romans 15 and 4, probably. The things written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. So this, this stuff that happened there, it influences us today. And so here they are in the bondage of Egypt, and Moses goes up to Pharaoh and he said, we wanna go worship our God. And Pharaoh gives him four alternatives. First of all, he said, okay, you can worship your God, but stay in Egypt. You don't have to leave. Moses said, no, no, it's not gonna work. So then the second time, Pharaoh said, okay, you can leave, just don't go far away. Third time he said, okay, the men can go, but leave the wife and the kids here. And then the fourth thing he said was, okay, you can go, but leave your flocks and your herds here. Now, I didn't know the difference, but a flock was goats and sheep, but a herd was cows. And, 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 and Moses, this is really, I had a lot of courage. He looks at Pharaoh and he said, we're leaving. And we're, we're not worshiping here. We're going far away. Uh, we're not coming back. Um, we're, we're taking the family with us. And you're not going to get my sacrifice. Because if I go there to worship and I've left the sheep and the cows here, what am I going to sacrifice unto my God? I'm taking my sacrifice with me. And he said this, we're not even going to leave a hoof. <laughs> not a hoof. We're, we're, and, and it's obvious they went by the cemetery, dug up Joseph's bones, because he said, bury me shallow, boys, because I already saw it. We're going to get out of here one day. When we get out, take me with you. And uh, so, so they leave. And it's a great analogy for you and I and the way we serve the Lord. Uh, Satan will say, okay, you can serve him, but, but stay here. Don't change. Second thing is, okay, I'll let you go, but don't go far away. Do you know that one of the signs of, of end time in Revelation, it said there will be spirits like frogs that will come into the land. See, I'm a hillbilly boy, so I know lots about frogs. And uh, uh, I had pals, we'd sneak onto the golf courses at night because that's where the biggest frogs were. And we'd shoot them with bows and throw these spears with these prongs and, and we take them and you chop them, the back legs and skin them and, and you put them in a pan. This is where a really cool part, they, 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 they twitch while you fry them. So that was cool to a hillbilly boy say, they're still alive, man. And they, you know, and it was beautiful white meat said, oh, it tastes just like chicken. No, it doesn't. It's uh, tastes like a frog. But, uh, but uh, you know, we was trying to show how masculine we were and, and you, you kill these ferocious frogs that could kill you at any time if they wanted to. And uh, you're taking your life in your hands when you go frog gigging, you know, and but let me tell you, how, I tell you where you hunt frogs. You hunt them on the shore. Uh, frog, you never hunt frogs in the middle of the lake. And you never go 100 yards from the end of the woods. Frogs are edge creatures. They never get too far out in the water and they never get too far away from the water. And I meet people like that in church. They, 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 they'll serve God, but they never get real far away from the lifestyle they used to live. And then they'll go back into that and, and they'll keep, you know, the Lord's memory and he's still, it's just, you can't do that. You, you, you know, serve the Lord, but for goodness sakes, don't make your wife and kids obey your Neanderthal ideas, you know, or, or, or okay, serve them, but, but pay the 10% tax. Are you out of your mind? You know, and, and, and that's what we say to the enemy of our soul. We're leaving, okay? All you're gonna see is smoke and taillights. We're not coming back, all right? We're, we're, we're going far away. Abraham said, I'm looking for a place called yonder. 
<laughs> and, says, and we're taking the wife and we're taking the kids and we're going to make sacrifice to our God. And you're not going to stop that. That's, that's the mindset that you have to have. If you're going to serve the Lord today, you're going to have to throw away your rear view mirror. You, 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 there, there, there's 360 points of direction, but 359 of them are wrong. I read a lot about the Apollo thing when they went to the moon and, and there's still goobers that don't believe we went to the moon. It's nuts. You want to read something, see something goofy, get on YouTube and watch these people who believe the earth's flat. It's nuts, you know, but I remember that thing back there when they went to the moon in 69 and, 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 and but, the, but when they came back, this is what Armstrong and the other guys said. We were only on course less than 5% of the time. They did what they called mid-flight corrections because spaceships have something called pitch and roll and yaw, and they don't mean much to us, but it's right and left and up and down, and, and you've got to be able to do that, and they've got these little jets, and, and they're going like that, but, but they're off, and they give a little bump, and it's what Paul said. Paul didn't say, I kept the course. He said, I finished the course. Sometimes I was way right, sometimes I was way left, but I was, I was making my way. That's why David said, my heart is fixed, O Lord, because it's like the pendulum on a clock. Sometimes you'll get too far left and get goofy. Sometimes you get too far right and be ultra conservative, but there's gotta be a divine center that keeps you coming back. And if you don't, that's why you can't be an extremist. Did you ever, I've known people in church. I've been in this church stuff for a long time. I've known people that are against everything except fresh bread and, or sliced bread and fresh air. I mean, I've seen people preach against everything. My wife and I lived in Atlanta, man. You talk about hardcore, hardcore. This is years ago. Everybody from Georgia watching me, not the way it is now, but uh, <laughs> back then wedding rings was hell. Christmas trees was hell. Long sleeve colored shirts were hell. Short sleeve white shirts were hell. Playing golf was hell. Racquetball was hell. Gee whiz, I was going to hell every Monday playing golf with my father-in-law. And we go to the golf course in a suit, put our stuff, go, couldn't get it. My wife took off her wedding ring, just didn't want to offend anybody. And, and it's just, it, it, <laughs> it's like you're updating the holiness list every week. And, I, and I, 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 I got in such trouble when I was in Georgia. One time, one time, I was still in Georgia this year, but... Uh, Corona kept me away. I think it was Georgia or Mississippi, one of them. And uh, huh, this is the first summer I've had off in 40 years. I, I've been preaching camp meetings for ever since I was 19. And, and, and this is the first summer I've ever been. I, I really enjoyed Corona. I really, I got to stay home. I've never been home on summer. It's nice. You know, one time I got to preach at a district meeting in Georgia and I preached that thing where, 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 where Jesus gave the keys to Simon Peter. But when you meet him later, he said, I have the key to death and hell. I met all these people say, you're going to hell for that. You're going to go to hell for that. Oh, you're really going to hell for that. Let me give you a little insight. You do not have the authority to send anybody to hell. Now get off that train because that's wrong. You got that? Jesus gave, I personally, I think there's five keys on the ring. I think he gave Peter keys to open up to the Jews, to the Samaritans, and to the Gentiles. See, we got, this is where I got in trouble. We got enough work on our hands, just opening up doors of blessing and revival to people. I don't have time to send people to hell. I know. I'm not in the killing business. I'm in the saving business. Remember Peter? Hey, Lord, what if we, how, how, about, how about seven times? Pretty good, huh? He said, how about 70 times seven? Do the math. Do the math, okay? You sleep eight hours, you're up for 16. Take 16 hours times 60 minutes. Find out how many minutes that is, okay? Then take 70 times seven, which is 490. Divide 490 into how many minutes there are in 16 hours. What it comes out to is about every two minutes. In other words, about every two minutes of every day, you ought to be forgiving somebody something, which ought to teach you something. Forgiveness is a full-time job. You don't have time to keep score. 
you don't have time. To, the greatest people I've ever met have two character qualities. They are givers and they're forgivers. Those are the greatest people I've ever known in my life. And it's just to build a real church, a real church. See, God's fair. The same way you judge other people is the same way he's going to judge me. So I'm going to err on that mercy because I know Harold better than anybody else knows Harold. I'm going to need lots of mercy. Now you can lie and say you don't need that, but you do. (laughs) Watch this. Here's Mark 10. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, set by the highway, say, here's verse 47, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, I I give you the history. In the back of your Bible, you're going to have maps. There'll be uh, the one with the 12 tribes in Israel. There'll, you know, there'll, there'll usually be a, maybe a map of, of, uh, of Solomon's temple. There, there, there'll usually be Paul's missionary journeys. But there will be a map usually in the back of your Bible that this was the land of Palestine during the ministry of Jesus. And you'll have Galilee and Jerusalem up on the top. Then you've got Samaria and then you've got Judea. And, and the Jews never went through Samaria. See, see years ago, Assyrians were a, a, an occupation army in Israel. And Jewish girls started marrying these Assyrian soldiers. And, and, and that's what a Samaritan is. It's a half-breed. It's somebody that sold out. That's what Orthodox Jews think. And so or they, they would walk around Samaria. And there's a scripture, I forget what book, it said his face was set like a flint. And what it was, was Jesus went straight from Galilee right, right to Jerusalem. He's headed straight there. And, and they thought he was prejudiced. He wasn't prejudiced. He had a destiny with the cross. So he didn't have time to piddle around. But he's on his way through Samaria, and he's in this city called Jericho. Lots and lots and lots of history about Jericho. Uh, uh, um, remember, that, that, that was where the walls fell down? Remember that? Read, read, you know, Moses had this guy uh, by the name of Joshua, and, and Joshua was the assistant pastor. Moses leaves. Joshua's in charge, and they take Jericho. Read, read the warning of, of Joshua over Jericho. He said, if anybody ever tries to build this city, they'll lay the foundations in their first son, and they'll build the gates with their second son. 400 years later, a man rebuilt Jericho. And this is what it said. He didn't serve true God. He believed in child sacrifice. He took his first boy in order to please his God and he burned up his boy and mixed the ashes with the asphalt for the wall foundation. And then when they put up the gates, he killed his second boy. And the prophecy of Joshua came true. So Jericho is not a good, Jericho's not a good place. And here's this guy, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. And people just read that and they don't do the homework. See, Jesus one time said, blessed art thou Simon Bar-Jonah. He was talking about Simon Peter. He was saying, Simon, son of Jonah, because that's what bar means. I wish I had time to teach you about Abba. Galatians 4, Romans 8, not giving us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind, whereby we cry, Abba, Abba, Abba is a term of endearment. It, it based, the best way to translate Abba is daddy, not father. That's, that's too institutional, daddy. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's a famous thing, see? But, but, but Abba, Abba means father. Well, who's the guy they chose to take the place of Jesus? Barabbas, no, Bar Abba. Bar is son, Abba is father. They chose the wrong son of the father. They chose the wrong one. And, 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 and there's, so he's, 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 uh, he, 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 he's Bar Timaeus. Watch what it says in verse 46. Son of Timaeus. There's the revelation. But what people don't get is what is Timaeus? The word Timaeus is blind man which means Bartimaeus' daddy was blind. He's second generation blind. And Jesus is walking through Jericho. Watch what this guy says. This guy says, Jesus, thou son of, son of David, do your homework. It's only three times in the New Testament that phrase is used. Son of David. The woman with the issue of blood, she said that. See, the people that called him son of David knew he was Messiah. 
So this is not just a name, this is a revelation. And he said, Jesus, thou son of David. That's what he's saying is, I know who you are. So what do they do? Shut up. Shut up. That's what the enemies, see, we have the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. And that's what drives Satan crazy. I, I, I knew a, an old gentleman in Louisiana, Minden, Louisiana. His name was T.W. Barnes. He was, he, he was very modest, but he walked with God. And he saw things that I, I've never had. I've had a few encounters, but, but he, he never referred to Satan as he called him old boy. And he told a group of men I was with one time how he had locked himself in the church and had fasted and prayed for weeks. And he didn't tell us how long, but he said, along after a while, he said a fireball just came right underneath the door and just flashed right in front. He said, I knew it was evil just to intimidate me. And he said, I looked at that thing and said, oh boy, there's only one thing you and I agree on. There's one God. And he said, when I said that, that ball of fire just started shaking and went boom and left. The Bible said, there's only one God the devils believe and tremble. I mean, think of this. I wish I had time to, nothing has done more damage to the church than the theory of the Trinity. What are you going to see when you go to the new Jerusalem? Are you going to see an old man and a younger version of the old man who looks like the victim of a tragic farming accident and a bird? No, you're going to see what John saw, one, sitting on the throne. That's what you're going to see. It's one of the greatest inventions of Satan, Trinity. God the Father, separate from God the Son, separate from God the Spirit. Listen to me. Let's just, just pitch your mental tent here for a minute. Ephesians 4 and 4 said there's one Spirit, capital S. Now you have a spirit, demons are spirits, angels are spirits. They don't get a capital S. Only one spirit gets a capital S. Galatians 4 and 4 said there's one spirit, capital S. John 4, 24 said God is spirit. Now I know in your Bible says God is a spirit, but the A is italicized. It wasn't in there. The Greek rendering is God is spirit, capital S. If there's just one spirit, would you please agree with me? God is that one spirit. All right, can we agree on that? All right, good. Now let's go a little further. Here's 2 Corinthians 3. Now the Lord is that same spirit, not another spirit, the Lord. So whether you call that spirit God or whether you call that spirit Lord or whether you call that spirit Father, it doesn't matter. So there's just one spirit, all right? There isn't a Holy Spirit separate from the, there's just one spirit. That spirit is holy. Do you get that? Look at Isaiah, watch, here's Isaiah. Under. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, okay? And thou shalt call his name. Whose name? The son's name. Call him wonderful. I got no problem calling Jesus wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God. What about number four, the everlasting father? How in the world can you call Jesus the everlasting father if father and son are separate? You can't. But if you understand father is spirit and son is flesh and the spirit dwelt in the flesh, I can prove that because in John, they said, show us the father. And he said, hey, dummy, have I been, I've been with you for three years and you people haven't figured this out yet. He that has seen me has seen the father. Do you get that? That's what's so powerful. All right. I read a book by a guy named Benny Hinn years ago. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And Benny, if you're listening, you're wrong. He wrote a whole book on God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God is jealous. And he said, when you pray, you gotta make sure you give the same amount of prayer to the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, or they get jealous. That's nuts. That's nuts. The theory of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy, co-equal, really? Jesus is praying in the garden. That don't sound like equality to me. Sounds like somebody's dependent on something else. When you say son of God, what is the son? He's not God. Son is flesh. God is spirit. So the revelation is in the term, the son of God, the flesh of the spirit. Ah. <laughs> this, you don't have to be a genius to figure this. You don't have to be IBM compatible to figure this out. There's just one spirit. Jesus is not Jehovah Junior. He's not the second person in a fictitious trio of beings. 
Jesus is the visible manifestation of the spirit of God. God is spirit. John said, or Paul said, no man has seen God at any time. One time he said, under the king, immortal, eternal, invisible. See, there's only one legal liquid that can deal with sin, and that's blood. But God is spirit. If he remains spirit, he can't redeem anybody. But if that spirit overshadows some girl and something's growing inside of her called child of the Holy Ghost, now we're talking because he doesn't have an earthly father. And that blood that's in him is different. It's the redemption of the whole world. That's why it's called precious blood. It's very rare. (laughs) Hallelujah. What are you talking about, Pastor Robert? I'm saying that when Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David, he's saying, I know who you are. I know who you are. And, And back then, same as today. The enemy's going to try and shut you up. So what's our response? Same thing. He cried even more. I know who you are. I know. Don't let the enemy shut up your revelation. See, watch. It's not what Jesus that did that got him in trouble. He said, for which of my good works are you stoning me? They said, you're a man and you're making yourself God. We're not stoning you because of the miracles. You're a blasphemer. So it's, 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 it's his identity that's the issue. And when you understand who Jesus really is, woohoo! Shema Yisrael, Elohim, Eloheinu, Elohim, Echad, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Ah. Quit thinking in terms of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Think in terms of flesh and spirit. That's all you got to understand. See, if the son's God, then God died on a cross. But if the son is flesh and God is spirit, and that spirit left that, so he gave up the ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the Father, the Lord, call whatever you want. There's just one spirit. That spirit was in that body. That same spirit dwells in you and I. Jesus now. You gotta, you gotta understand this. Because Jesus said it's the greatest revelation in the history of the world. They said, What's the greatest commandment? He didn't say, Ah, oh, don't steal. Don't go, don't go ripping off your neighbor's stuff. He said, Here is the Lord our God is one. It's why Jews don't want anything to do with Christianity, because they don't understand the numerical integrity of God. God's not three persons, it's one spirit that did three things. I'm a Trinitarian, I believe in three, but three what? Not three persons, I believe God created the world. I believe that same God dwelt in flesh to redeem mankind. I believe that same spirit lives in you and me to give us the ability to rise above sin. That's not three persons, that's one spirit doing three things. I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a grandfather. I got all kinds of titles. That doesn't mean I'm different people. Ah. So when you get, listen, Satan is called the father of liars, the son of perdition. He's called a evil spirit. How come no one ever made Satan into three persons? Why? Because he's behind this. He's trying to, remember the Vegematic, slice and dice 27 different ways. That's what the enemy does. Just trying to slice and dice your God up. I'm not serving a midget. I'm not serving a dwarf. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. Watch, watch this verse. Jesus stops and says, hey, get that guy to come over here. Watch what he does. Because you could identify beggars with their garment. Before he even gets to Jesus, he took his garment off and said, won't need that anymore. I'm never going to be that again before he even came there. (laughs) That's the attitude. Remember the wise men? It said, and when they came to where the young child lay and they fell down, they fell down and worshiped him. Number one. Then they presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then it says, and they departed into their own country another way. I like that. First of all, forget your gifts. I don't care what you're good at. I'm not interested in your gift. God's interested in you. You come and worship him. 
for you. Oh, God needs me because I can do this. I got a big bank account. I, no, 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 no. You got to, God's looking for worshipers. The church, religion's looking for workers. Jesus is looking for worshipers. That's why I told you Wednesday, forget all this foolishness. It's not about race. It's about grace. Don't get sidetracked with all this stuff right now. Stay focused on what's going on. Why? Because this is so powerful. That's what's going on here. You, you, before you even got to where Jesus is, I'm not going to be that anymore. I want people to leave church and go home different. Amen. Fall down and worship. been pastoring for years. You can't believe how many people come to church. Pastor, I can do this and I can do that. I got lots of money. And, uh, and, and most churches will say, we can use you. And that's what, exactly what happens. You get used. I don't care what your gift is. I'm looking for worshipers. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. First, you got to be a worshiper. And then you get ready to give your gift. And it says, if you come and bring your gift and you got aught with your brother, leave your, you got to leave your gift at the altar. Go get reconciled with your brother, then come back, give your gift. Don't try to show off in front of Jesus. I mean, you, you, you play hide and seek with Jesus. I don't really want to repent because if I repent, you're going to find out how bad I am and he won't like me anymore. I got news for you. You know, it's like, here I am, senior pastor, first church. Come here on tomorrow night and say, God, I did this. I said that. I shouldn't have said that. You really think Jesus is going to go, oh, shoot, not you, Harold. I knew some of them other bums would do that, but not you. No, that's why repentance is so powerful. He already knows. He just wants you to be honest. Go back to, ah, oh man, oh boy. Here's Jacob. This, an angel said, what's your name? Do you really think an angel is that stupid that he doesn't know his name? The name Jacob means liar. And he's saying, I wanna see if you're willing to admit that you're a lying bum. He said, I'm Jacob. He said, boy. now I can work with you. Now you're gonna be Israel. You're gonna have power with men and influence with God. He's the truth. He's the way, the truth. The most attractive thing to the truth is the truth. And when you start lying and play on other deception, he doesn't want anything to do. You gotta serve him with your whole heart. Not 80%, not 90%. You gotta give him the whole shot. Oh God, oh God. Watch, watch, here's, ah. Hey, this is the second service. I can preach longer, okay? Here's Esther 4. Esther 4. When Mordecai perceived all that was done, he rips, rips his clothes, puts on sackcloth, goes out in the middle of the stage, starts crying with a loud and bitter cry. Doesn't get nothing done. Here's chapter 5 and verse 1. And it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel, stood in the inner court of the king's house, over against the king's house. And the king said, so here's the deal. See, she... she, she She's she got, she got no mom and dad. This is her uncle. Mordecai raised her. All of a sudden, now she's queen. All right? Great story. Don't have time to get sidetracked. She's sitting on the throne beside her, the number one guy. And this guy named Haman wants to kill all the Jews. Mordecai finds out Haman wants to exterminate the Jews. So what's he do? Takes his clothes off, puts a bunch of gunny sacks on, burlap bags. Boo! Ah! Goes ahead. Get nothing done. But not Esther. Esther goes in and goes through the walk-in closet. Said, nope, not that one. No, oh, it's the red one. That's the one he wants. Buddy, she puts that on, does her hair, gets Chanel number five, six, seven, and eight behind the ears, spraying it in front of her, walking through it, you know, and tells that servant, get that big fan and put it behind me. And she's up window of the king. All right, turn that sucker on, Bo. And all of a sudden, the king's working. He's going, oh, what is that? And he looks up. Oh, there she is. And he points his scepter at her. 
Oh man, I got scriptures flying through my head. You know, there's a Bible that said, there's a scripture that said, um, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. You have any idea what that means? See the tabernacle, we, we use this thing in, in Royal Oak called portable church. Well, Moses is way ahead of them. The tabernacle of Moses is a portable church. And they're putting it up and taking it up or putting it up and taking it down a bunch of times until finally they come into Canaan and they set it up permanently at a place called Shiloh. Okay? Now, you got to understand about Old Testament. The Levites were where the, 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 the ministry came from. The church staff was populated by, by Levites. But Jesus, not a Levite. Jesus is from Judah. And that's why it says he's got another ministry. He's from another priesthood. And that's where this Melchizedek guy comes in. And we don't have time to get people been fighting about who he is for years. <laughs> but here's what it's saying. It's saying Judah is going to have this, this, this scepter until Shiloh. And when Shiloh comes, it's leaving Judah. It's a prophecy about Jesus Christ. Because the spirit of the Lord was dealing, read Hebrews one, God who at sundry times and in divers manners did all kinds of stuff. But now, so what is Jesus Christ? He's God central. He's God, just like they set up the tabernacle in a permanent position, God took up residence in flesh. And it says now he's the lawgiver. Now he's got the scepter. What is the scepter? It's divine invitation if you're on the throne. King sticks out the stick, you get to come. He don't hold out the stick, you're gonna have a really bad day. Even though she's queen, she doesn't make an appointment, but she has enough sense to put on her royal apparel, okay? When the king sees her, he said, come on, hey, baby doll, come on, let's talk. And she said, they're trying to kill my people. He said, what do you mean my people? You're not the king, I'm the king, these are my people. No, 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 my people are the Jews. And he said, you're a Jew? And he said, that rut rat, Haman, read the thing about the king got insomnia and asked one of the men to call. <laughs> this is the guy that doesn't do YouTube when he can't sleep. This is the guy said, hey, read me some of the journals from the government, you know, and a guy, God, God picks the page and talks about a guy named Mordecai who saved the king and never, and the king said, did we ever reward him? No, never. Put that down on the list. We're doing that tomorrow. And the next day, Haman shows up. And he says, can I do anything for you, king? He said, yeah, I, gotta, I need some help. He said, if you really wanted to reward somebody, he said, what would you do if you were me? He said, man, I'd get your big white horse out. I'd get your best robe and your big ring. I'd put your big ring on that guy. I'd wrap your garment around. I'd put him on your horse. I'd ride him right down Main Street and make everybody bow on their, on their feet. And he said, that's a great idea. Haman thinking it's him, see? And he said, now you go get Mordecai and here, put this ring on his hand and go get my horse. And here's, here's Haman bowing down to the guy that he hates. And here's this woman that makes it all possible because her uncle says, hey, sweetie pie, I know that's cushy on the throne right now, but did you ever think that maybe you are on the throne for such a time as this? Did you ever think that maybe, just maybe, the reason God puts you where you are right now is to save a whole bunch of people? And I'll say the same thing to you. Did you ever think that maybe, just maybe, God is gonna use you to touch a whole mountain of people? But you're perfectly positioned. Oh, Jesus. Jesus' name. I, 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 here's my point. Listen, this is Isaiah 61. It says, he'll give you beauty for ashes, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. That's Isaiah 61. That's what Jesus quoted in Luke 4 in his first sermon. What are you saying? Listen to the words. What a deal. You got ashes? No problem. I got beauty. Let's trade. Deal. Okay? You got depression, oppression, heaviness, fine. Here, I want you to put in the garment of praise. If you read chapter four and five of Esther, it says, and no man, there was a decree written, no man could enter before the king wearing sackcloth. 
So here's Mordecai out there, scratching, itching. But here's the other gal that's got the sense. I'll tell you what, we're gonna put on the right clothes. You can boo-hoo and sob and all you. I know apostolics act like seven mother-in-laws moved in with them last week. You're not gonna get anything done in the spirit if all you do is boo-hoo and sob. You have not because you ask, not because you ask amiss. Put on the garment of praise. Put on your royal apparel. Be a worshiper. Nothing gets the attention. The effectual fervent prayer of righteous people matters. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Somewhere, where's Butter at? He's got me. See, see, I, I met Butter six months ago in a sweaty gym with Sean Knott. Sean will tell you this. When he walked away from me, I looked at Sean and I said, I, I don't ever remember saying this, but I feel, I, I think that guy's going to come to church with me. And Sean never batted an eye. He said, oh, don't you ever doubt that for a minute. Butter's coming six months ago. But there he is right there with his sweetheart. And I tell you what's even better. See, Thursday night, Thursday night they have music practice, but it's not just music practice, it's prayer meeting. Because Drayden's got enough sense to have make people pray before they start showing off their talents. So he sends me this video Thursday night. Here's our prayer meeting, Pastor. All of a sudden, look inside. Here's Butter over there with his hands up, worshiping God. Hey, Butter, we don't have church on Thursday night. What are you doing at church? A prayer meeting on Thursday night. <laughs> if you Oh, Jesus. Listen, I watch this on Monday. We're getting somewhere. We're five years ago, it wasn't this way. We come in, pray for 20 minutes. People would yawn and say, okay, pastor, time to shut it down. Say, I got 25 minutes. I'll name all the missionaries. Maybe that'll burn up 20 minutes. But I'm watching us now praying. It's not just talking in tongues. Pray with a spirit of a voice you can understand. And if you, I don't, I can't get sidetracked with that. Just effectual, fervent prayer. Fervent prayer, fervent prayer. So now we're baptizing people when we're not having church. This is what prayer meeting needs to be on Monday night. That's when you can bring people that need the Holy Ghost. That's when you can bring people who need to get baptized. He's sitting right back there. We baptized him last Monday night. Wave your hand, my good brother. Look at him, he's right there. Why? Oh, the coronavirus is gonna shut older call down. No, I'm not gonna shut prayer down. You keep on praying, magnifying God. Don't start just yet, because I'm almost done. Sit down. Listen to me. Don't you understand what Corona has done? It's brought us back to put God in our house. God's been in church. Too many people, their religion is the church service. God's trying to get out of this box and get in your house. Uh, watch, I'll give you some. Look, God gave me this, really did give this to me. I, I, I believe the best example of Jesus in the Old Testament is Joseph. Because if you start in Genesis 37 and go from 37 to 50, every chapter's about Joe, except one chapter. There's one chapter that's totally out of sync. It's chapter 38. Chapter 38 doesn't mention Joseph at all. It mentions his brother, Judah. Judah's got three boys. One of them's married to this girl named Tamar. Now, I don't know what he did, but it just says this. He displeased the Lord and God killed him. That's a bad day. That's a really bad day. So she's a widow. That's embarrassing back then. Father-in-law said, no problem. When the next boy gets old enough, He's gonna marry you, take away your shame. Except he didn't, he married somebody else. He did something stupid, God killed him. Now if I was Tamar, I'd say, I don't think I want one of your boys. <laughs> but he's got boy number three. He promises boy number three to Tamar. He doesn't do it, he marries somebody else. Tamar said, okay, you wanna play that way? I can play that way. So she knows he goes down to the red light district on a regular basis. So she dresses up like a prostitute and she's got a veil on and they have their time 
And when they're done, he's going, oh, rats, I got no money. Tell you what, here, take this. This is my signet ring, which is equivalent to his signature. And here's my family staff. It's been in my family for generations. You hang on to these. I'll come tomorrow night, pay everything I owe. No problem. Wish I had time to put that stupid mask on. You know what I learned today? I, I didn't get much sleep last night. I learned this, the first service, I can yawn and nobody knows. <laughs> I learned I can stick my tongue out at some of you, mm, and you don't know. I could chew gum and nobody would even know in church. Couldn't blow bubbles, but I could chew gum. <laughs> Maybe they had the coronavirus going on on the background. I don't know. Old girl's got the mask on, the veil. He comes back the next day to pay off. And they, he said, where's the girl that was working at the corner of 4th and Main last night? We ain't seen her before. She didn't come back? No, she didn't come back. She don't come back. Except about seven months later, they say, hey, Judy, you ain't going to believe this, man. Tamar's got a baby. What? Played, she played the whore? Yeah, we're going to stone her. Get her out there, get us a pile of rocks, we're gonna stone her. So here's this girl, belly, self-righteous father-in-law, getting ready to rock her to sleep and it's big rocks. <laughs> and he said, before we kill you, would you just at least tell us who the, who the son of the bastard child is? And she goes, yeah, you recognize this ring? And I got your stick in my house too, you self-righteous reprobate. Watch. Matthew, you give us Deuteronomy 23. Watch what it says in Deuteronomy 23. I'll say illegitimate. I'm sorry, I said that word a minute ago. I shouldn't have said that word. An illegitimate shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord until 10 generations. Okay? Watch. Let me take you to a place in the Bible Nobody ever reads Matthew chapter 1. Everybody that reads Matthew 1 starts at verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus was on this wise. But if you read Genesis 38, Tamar didn't just have one baby. She had two, Phares and his brother. I forget his name. Watch. Here's Matthew chapter 1 and verse 3. And Judah begat Phares and Zerah. That's his name. Judah begat Phares and Zerah of Tamar. Okay? So Phares is generation number one. Watch. Phares begat Ezram. That's generation two. Ezram begets Aram. That's generation three. Aram begets Aminadab. That's generation four. Aminadab has a boy named Naason. That's generation five. Naason's got a boy named Salmon. That's the guy that married Rahab, the other harlot. <laughs> That's generation number six. Salmon has a boy named Boaz. That's generation seven. Boaz has a boy by the name of Obed. That's generation eight. Obed's got a boy named Jesse. That's generation nine. Jesse's got a boy named David. That's generation number 10. Now read Psalms 122. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because David is the first person in his family for 10 generations that were allowed to come to church. And you're gonna sit here and play games with church. I don't know if I'll go today or not. Don't you ever have that attitude. Bring your sickness to church. Did you see my friend Artie Hodges on television? I, they interviewed my friend. Arthur Hodges is my dear friend from San Diego. He was on CNN last week because he argued in front of the Supreme Court of California. He's just a pastor. And they asked him to represent the evangelical churches in California. And, 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 and he said, we believe water baptism is essential to salvation. 
And they said, your point is, he said, we can't baptize anybody online. They need to come to church and get in the baptistry. (laughs) It was brilliant. And the interviewer was working with him and he said, look, churches are not the problem. He said, if anything, they're a part of the fix and they're part of the remedy. He said, we're so worried about Corona. He said, what about despair? What about depression? What about people that feel alone? What about people that feel marginalized and shut up and feel like nobody cares? Now I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this because it goes everywhere, but I'm gonna say it anywhere. We're too many like Gideon hiding behind the well. Oh, thou mighty man of valor. Who, me? And so Gideon sends out the word. What was it, 30,000? I think it was 30,000. And this is what he said. Now, all of you that are afraid, go home. But if you're not afraid, stick around. Quit worrying about flatten the curve. Flatten the fear. I'm gonna wear that crazy mask. I'm gonna try and be as kind as I possibly can. But there he is back there. There's Sajid. Sajid said, don't turn us, okay? He told me. Now, this is SARS. He said, 10 out of 12 studies prove the masks don't make any difference. I'm just telling you the truth, okay? He said, it would be easier to keep mosquitoes out of your backyard with a hurricane fence. But we're going to wear them just because I don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody. But here's what we, listen to me. You are indestructible until God's done with you, okay? If it's gonna be Corona, fine. If it's gonna be, I, I got bad lungs. I, 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 when I go, I'll probably check out with lungs, but I'm ready to go, see? I really am. And I don't wanna be stupid, but I'm not living in fear. My point is, I'm glad you're here today. To you precious people online, I realize some of you, your immunity's compromised, you can't come. You're, you're doing the prudent thing. I have a very dear friend, one of, one of my closest friends of all, all my life, Dan Mitchell, who, 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 who is in emergency, in a, in a, not emergency, but in ICU right now, and he's in trouble real trouble because he had to do seven church services a week ago and 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 he and he caught this crazy thing and he's got all kinds of physical conditions before this he needs this like he needs polio but but he just told me he said if i gotta go i'm ready to go my point is just come to church is it is it here's jay born jay born was out of church for months until finally she his wife's here today. Talk to him. That's his doctor back there. I'm not making this stuff up. His bone marrow was dead. Now it's normal. I'm, I'm being honest with you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being evangelistic. I think that's miraculous. I really do. I really do. And I, where people are coming in here off the street, Draylon just prayed with somebody at Kroger's. They were here with us Wednesday night Bible study. I don't know what all's going on. All I'm, all I'm asking you is this, fear has torment. I'm not telling you to be stupid. I'm not telling you to rip your mask off and just, just do it and just be belligerent. I'm not what I'm telling you that, but I'm saying for God's sake, he has not given a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And it said, if we will, if we will suffer with him, we'll be glorified together. It's Romans 8. Listen to this verse. I'm done. It says, creation groans, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. You study the word. It's not talking about people. It's talking about the planet. The planet is so sick. You got all the gays screaming, all the lesbians screaming. You got all the transgender. Where are the Jesus people? Read, read Malachi. Malachi said, the bride has to come out of her closet. Now all them other people are coming out of the closet and you can't afford to retreat right now and let these people squelch your revelation and squelch your worship. Keep magnifying the Lord and let's see if God can't be magnified in the midst of this mess. Stand with me. What do you need to leave? What do you need to go into? 
I'm talking to somebody right now. You're in a bad relationship. You need to know how to go out. There's some new friendships you need. You need to know how to go in. How's your prayer life? How's that doing? If you're here and you're full of bitterness and your life is just an absolute, let me ask you, when was the last time you broke in prayer? I'm not talking about that now, now I lay me down. I'm talking about tears of intercession to where you lost track of time. You got in a magic time machine and God shipped you off somewhere in the spirit. That's the way you need to pray. God, where do you want me to go today? Who do you want me to pray for in the Holy Ghost today? I want to go on a journey in prayer. How's your prayer life? garbage and crapola. The day of the Lone Ranger is over. That's what the church is for. Exploit the church. Take advantage of the church. Use your brother and your sister. Why? He said, cast your cares because he cares for you. Lord Jesus, I, 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 dear God, we've honored an old man that's been faithful, faithful his whole life been faithful. And I believe in God that that faithfulness that was on Coral Hill 